When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Young, is joined by Christian Boulay, as always. And Christian, what do we talk about? Because no games, no really news. What, what, yeah. do you, what do you want to do? I don't know, man. We're back to our old school days of like a month ago where we're going to have to talk about practice. I mean, that, that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, because after what what will it be now? Seven days, eight days when we finally play tomorrow or today when you're listening to this eight or nine days, eight or nine days, we'll finally have an avalanche hockey game to watch. Um, I couldn't be more excited for it. It is a great game. Um, I, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I don't know about you, but I think it'd be a fantastic game between two teams that are really good, but, uh, I I guess let's get the bad news out of the way first, or I, I don't really know if it's bad news. But uh, it's it's news. Really, the only news that's hit the avalanche hard, um, and that is that it was Andre Burakovsky's birthday today. He's 27. Um, I don't know if you saw it. It's it's bad news for um, people who thought they had a chance with Berkey because he's 27 now. Um, But that, that is the biggest news of the day, right? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, this it is a it is a national holiday. Every every Andre Burakovsky day is to be celebrated accordingly. Man, they, they grow up so fast. I remember when Berkey was so young and innocent on the caps. Now he's old and innocent and naive. He hasn't changed at all. Is that weird to say that since he's like six years older than you, that you just said he was young? Oh, <laughs> like, is that was, weird to say? <laughs> I was younger than two, and go. now I am older as there well. There we go. There we, we, grew go. To, we grew together. There you go. I like that. I I'm like adult, that. I'm an adult now. I can call people young. There you go. There you Change. go. Once you reach 25, that's when you can start talking about the youngins. Yeah, oh, but OK, we'll actually talk about the real news. Uh, Nathan McKinnon returned to practice, um, but it doesn't look like he's going to play against the Lightning. 
yeah, he's not going to play against the Lightning. And the way Bednar said it is that everything would have to go smoothly for him to play on Sunday against Dallas, which to me is worse than I thought it was going into the break. But I guess when you put it in perspective, it could be worse because we are talking about a concussion here. We, we mainly focused on his mangled ass face because he broke his face very badly. But I feel like the concussion's the part that's going to linger here, obviously. Yeah. And I mean, he had one last year uh, against San Jose, right? He had a document um, concussion. Yo, so King Blishfield. Yeah. A hit so that his, people told me was not dirty. Yeah. <laughs> so that's his second document concussion in less than two years now. Yeah. So, Eleven I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely a concern, but he is out there practicing. Um, and he was in a red non-contact sweater today. Yeah, he was in a normal one yesterday, but he didn't do team drills. He was in a, a non-contact one today, but he did do team drills. So, so he's progressing. He's going, he's going through the motions, and he's not going to play against Tampa. They're going to have a few more practices with him and see how he is against Dallas. And if he's not ready for Dallas, there's no point in rushing him back because we've seen with Byram, we've seen with players around the league over the years, you, you can't rush people back from concussions. They're ready when they're ready. Some are more severe than others. So I'm, yeah, not, I, I, too, I'm not too bothered if he misses Dallas. I'm not, if he misses both Dallas games, I'll be disappointed. I, I think he plays at least the second one though. Yeah. I, I think it's more than likely he will miss uh, Sunday just because you, you come home and play Dallas again that day after, give him a couple extra days rest. Right. I mean, the team showed that they can win without him, so I'm not super, super worried. Like, I'd love to have Nathan McKinnon out there. Don't get me wrong. Nathan McKinnon is by far the Avalanche's best player, but they've proven this year that they can win games without him. So there's no need to rush him back if he's not fully healthy. Let the face fully heal. Um, I was a little shocked he wasn't in, like, a cage or anything. Like, he was just straight visor. Yeah, that's, that's that's what makes me think maybe it's concussion related. Like, I guess I don't know. Maybe the surgery worked or something. But yeah. I didn't really, I didn't even really notice that until you said it. But yeah, I was a little weird. Not worried about that. I was more shocked. Surprised. That, yeah, yeah, surprised that didn't happen. But I mean, if he's out, he's out. I mean, I'm not yeah. super. It's not consequential to the game. That lightning game is still gonna be a fantastic game. Um, and they it, have it's some- like it was the first time around, like the lightning didn't have Kucherov and we essentially had everybody. And now it's the other way around. We don't have McKinnon and now the lightning are essentially completely healthy. Yeah, they're completely healthy. And I mean, the good news for the abs, it looks like Darren Helm's going to be back on Sunday, which is good. Uh, Jacob McDonald was skating again. So that's good news. Good to hear about that. So the abs outside of McKinnon and Bo Byram are relatively healthy for this game, which is probably best case scenario. Yeah, I mean, we had we had like what three games where we were completely healthy yeah, in, in January, which is more than I ever expected we were going to have during this season. But I mean, compared to how it's gone, I'll take that all day. Yeah. I mean, it's it's also not a bad thing to have an added challenge against good teams yeah. like Tampa Bay and Dallas. I mean, Tampa Bay is going to be a, a real tough test regardless. I'm very interested to see how they come out in that game after a a nine day rest and. Having struggled with starts lately, we'll see how they do in that. I'm interested to see how they come out against a good team like the Lightning, and I'm I'm really looking forward to these Stars games. I really want to see how they do. The Stars games are going to be more fun. Um, I'm 
I'm excited because you're going to face some good goaltending too. Like Andre Vasilevsky is the best goaltender in the world. Like without a doubt, I don't want to hear anything else say that he's, he's not, he is the best goaltender in the world. Um, and I always like facing him. It, it's, it's fun. I mean, we put three past him in the first game, which I don't think a lot of teams do. You don't see Vasilevsky giving up three goals um, and you beat him in a shootout. I know it's your favorite thing to think about. We beat him in a shootout, but uh, it's going to be a fun game. Uh, I anticipate, I think Miko Ranton is going to have a sneaky good game. I, I, I do. He's been kind of, he's been fringing on a couple of big games. I, I think we're going to see a vintage Miko breakout game with like maybe a goal and three assists. I agree with that. Miko's starting to, to sneak up there and like the fringes of heart talk I've noticed over the last couple of days, like Dom decision, put a thing out there that Miko's actually quite up there. And you look in terms of points, and goals. Rantanen is slowly starting to climb that list. I mean, Huberto leads the way at 64. You don't have to scroll that far to find Miko at 54, just behind Ovechkin and currently tied. Well, I guess he's behind Goudreau now because Goudreau literally just scored a goal. But you look at goals as well. Rantanen's climbing up there too. And I think we'd all agree he hasn't been at his best over the last couple of games. It looks like he's been taking a couple games off, which regular season don't really care. If he shows up big for these games against the Lightning, you can start making a case, maybe not to win MVP, but maybe you can see him sprinkle in on the end of some of the ballots. Yeah, I mean, that's when we previewed the season, we both thought Miko had a sneaky chance at the Rocket, which if he gets hot, he could. But like you said, I think he's more concerned with the playoffs and I'm completely okay with it. I could give two shits about a Rocket Richard trophy. Yeah, uh, like um, with what Matthews and Kreider are doing right now, it's yeah going to be a quite a bit of ground to make up. But if he can, yeah. he can sneak in top five. He could sneak in. I agree. Um, and if he wins the heart, cool. I, I don't think he will. He's just, not. He's not going to. I'm just saying, like, yeah. maybe you can see some people sprinkle him in in like fourth and fifth when they submit their ballots if he keeps up his pace. Yeah. Well, that's the problem with the abs. The abs are so good that people don't really take into account how good the players are. Yeah. I mean, you talk right. about Kadri. You can talk about Rantanen. You can you can talk about McKinnon as well in that mix. Like you got three legitimate players you could put on your heart ballot for this team. Did you put Kale McCarr in the heart? Like you could. You definitely you could. could. But you definitely it, it, could. It's not a defenseman award, which sucks. Yeah. Like for to be a defenseman winning the heart, you have to be astronomical. You, like you have to have the best season for a defenseman in the last 10 years. Yeah. 40 goals and like 115. Yeah, you, you have to like Mike Green numbers back when he hit 30 goals is the the bare minimum. And also you have to be like perfect defensively. It, it's, you have to be good on PK. You have to be good on the power play. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. I was shocked when I saw that graphic about Miko. I did not anticipate him to be that high just because I feel like people, Miko gets kind of stuck in McKinnon's shadow, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, McKinnon's a top And McCars as well. Yeah, and McCars. So I was kind of shocked to see him that high just because I don't know if Miko necessarily gets the love that he deserves. I feel like in terms of, of superstars, and that's, that's what Ransonen is. He is a superstar. I feel like he's the most underappreciated in the league. And it's mainly because of what you said. We have so many of them. We have McKinnon. We have Kale McCarr. We have obviously Ranton. And now Kadri's taken up a lot of attention just because of how good he's been and ahead of Ranton and points as well, which is still crazy to think about. <laughs> and 
yeah, Ranton just kind of gets lost in that mix there. People acknowledge how good he is. I'm not, I'm not saying he's like underrated. I'm saying in terms of like superstar status, comparing him to other superstars, he gets kind of left out of the conversation. I agree. I mean, he's a top, easily a top five wing in the NHL right now. Yeah. You could make the case he's top two. I mean, personally, I, I, I don't think that's a crazy thing. I'm also extremely biased, but um, it, it's good that he is kind of getting noticed just because even as an abs fan, I feel like he gets, I kind of forget about him sometimes just because he's so damn good. Yeah. I mean, that's honestly good. Let like, let teams let Rantanen get buried in their scouting reports and everything. Let him fly under the radar when you're preparing to face us. It just makes us all the better. Yeah. Completely agree. And it, just, it makes us harder to prepare for. Hundred percent makes us harder to prepare for, and then Landeskog also is having a career year, which is, which is completely going unnoticed. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, just, unnoticed. and while we were talking, I just out of curiosity, I sorted points for right wingers. Rantanen's leading all right wingers by seven points. Yeah, so and the next closest is Timo Meyer. <laughs> yeah, he he may be one of the top wingers. He is without a doubt a top two winger. Yeah, and if you you can't do just wings, which is annoying, but if you sort by left wings too, Rantanen would be tied with Goudreau for third for left wingers. So in terms of points, he's a top five winger, like indisputable. Yeah, without a doubt. I I don't think it's crazy to say, but it, it does kind of go unnoticed just because the abs are so good, and yeah. that's they're a creature of their own. Like they created this themselves. Yeah. And it's not a problem at all. Like it's a problem in terms of like, you want recognition for all your players, but the fact that you have so many players that there's only so much attention to go around is the opposite of a problem, especially like when you're talking about playing hockey games. Man, I uh, just, I've missed abs hockey so much, man. Just game tomorrow is just going to, Oh, I'm so excited, man. And like, because hockey's been back for a couple days and we just, we just drew the short straw with having to wait these extra couple days. Cause it came back on Monday and there's been some pretty good hockey games in between now and the abs first game, but it sucks for us. Cause we record on Wednesdays and just couldn't, couldn't get them to put it a day earlier. Yeah. We couldn't get it put a day early, but I also don't hate the break. I mean, no, this, team, not at all. this team we talked about, they were gassed. They were, yeah, yeah, they were very tired. January is the most intense schedule that we're going to have till the end of the year, but yeah. it doesn't get that much easier. You just have a couple multi-day breaks mixed in like every three weeks. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited for it. This next stretch is, holy cow. I mean, we're, we're going to get a lot more answers on this team than I think we did in January because yeah. you're playing Stanley cup contender, Tampa, and Dallas is not a Stanley Cup contender unless something crazy happens, but they are a problem for you. And they are something that you need you need to answer because you've only played them once since you lost them in a playoff series two years ago. Like you, you still have you still have to go into Dallas and answer some questions as to whether you are capable of beating this team. So for us, that matters. Then you have Vegas, Stanley Cup contender. Buffalo, irrelevant. Boston. I'd put them in contenders. Red Wings, it's got some history. They're better. They're better. They're better. But Winnipeg and then Vegas again. Again, Vegas, those those are your magnum opus games this season. Those are the ones that matter the most. Well, and we'll we'll talk about this. Other than Minnesota. Yeah, we'll talk about this with Vegas. They're more than likely going to have Jack Eichel back for one of those games. Yeah, Greg Wyshynski reported yesterday or two days ago or three days ago by the time you're listening to this that the 
targeted return date for Jack Eichel to play his first game as a member of the Golden Knights is none other than February 16th when the Avalanche play Vegas in Vegas for the first time this season. Great. Love that for us. Fucking awesome. <laughs> because of course it is. Of yeah. course it is. It, it wouldn't be anybody else but us. It wouldn't be. But, I mean, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what we do. Uh, we talked about it before off the show, just the cap gymnastics that Vegas is going to have to go through to get him on the team. It's going to be interesting. I'm interested to see what they do um, because it's not like Jack Eichel's a tiny cap pit. So we'll see what they do. Um, but I'm really interested to see, like, I, I want – this sucks because I like Jack Eichel. I'm glad he got out of Buffalo. But I don't want him to be good because if he's good, that hampers the abs. Yeah. Also, like just to get off topic for a moment here, I was curious to see the games Vegas had before they played us. Do you want to guess how many games they have? after this game against Calgary and before they play us zero. Correct. They do not play a single game bef- like between now and the 16th, which is Eichel's targeted return date. They have zero games in seven days. I kind of like that for us though. Cause that means they could come out a little rusty. So you are going to have a very well rested hockey team going up against a team that has just played Tampa Bay two day break. And then two and three days against the Dallas stars, especially second half of a back-to-back. So you're really going to see what does a well-rested team do versus a team that's been battle tested over the last couple of days. I mean, the one good thing is we could get McKinnon back in that time, which we'll we'll, we'll have McKinnon back for Vegas at least. So that's the one good thing is you could get McKinnon back. So uh, I'll raise you your Jack Eichel and I will raise you uh, Nathan McKinnon. So (laughs) we'll see. I mean, I, I don't think there's really any excuse for fatigue uh, no, considering no. you're just coming off a nine day break. I don't think there's excuse, but it is going to be interesting to see what they do because that is four games against four playoff teams. I think that's safe. Like we already know Vegas and Tampa Bay are a playoff team. Dallas is fringe. Um, but I mean, we're, we're talking, those are some big games. So what we've learned from the abs is they, they do get up for these big games. So I'm not worried about most of the time. Most of the time, but I'm, I'm interested to see, like, I, I want to see, I don't want to see this cause that would drive me crazy. But if you go down like three, one to a Vegas in Vegas, can you come back from that? Yeah. I mean, you're going to, you're If you're going to win the Stanley cup, you're going to have to go on the road to Dallas to Vegas or a, a place like Boston, which is a hard barn to play in. And you're going to have to find ways to win games there. We had a lot of home games last month and all of our, crazy comeback wins. They were all on home ice still. And you got to find a way to do it on the road too. Like those, those are the harder ones in the playoffs. hundred percent. And Vegas, when they get a lead, it is very, very hard to come back on them. Same with Dallas. I mean, Dallas does not give many chances, um, but I I'm excited for it, man. I, I, I think they will be up to the test. I really do think they will be up to the test. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's like I said a little while ago. We're gonna we're gonna get some good insights insights on what this team is going to be in May because these are not playoff games, but they have the opportunity to be very intense games. Like Tampa, I mean, we've had very random Eastern Conference games blow up into bona fide playoff games. You look at Florida, you look at Toronto, you look at Boston. 
I don't think there's any reason to think Tampa Bay is going to be any different. No. He had two straight games against Dallas. Those These teams do not like each other, and I think they've forgotten how much they don't like each other. You put them for 120 straight minutes together, they're going to be reminded. Those games are going to get out of hand, and you, we don't need an introduction on Vegas. Nope. I mean, Vegas came in, and they beat you up in the beginning part of the year, so um, it, it's going to be big boy hockey. And I, I think the Avs are better suited for it this year. Yeah, they absolutely are. It's like we've said on episodes before. This is a different abs team. Like maybe on paper, not as good with no sod, no Donskoy, but I I trust this team more, I'd say. Yeah, I, I trust them because they can win the physical battles. And yeah. they've shown that all year that they aren't going to be out punked. I mean, oh. we we talk glowingly about Curtis McDermott, um, but he has added that that piece that where it's like, Hey, we don't fuck around with them. Cause they do have a guy who can just come out and punch your face. in. is that conducive to playoff hockey? We'll have to see. Yeah. But we don't, we don't have an answer to that yet. And also something that McDermott brings, he doesn't always have to even be on the ice. McDermott brings a swagger to everyone else on the team that they can do more things because they know they have a six, six behemoth backing them up. If anyone gets in their face, it allows you to take more liberties with another team without fear of retaliation. Yeah. Without, I mean, Ryan Reeves is definitely, I'd say, more skilled player than uh, Curtis McDermott. I mean, we're, he, we're splitting hairs. Yeah. Point. I mean, we're talking but, forward versus defenseman. Yeah, it's true. But it it's just, it still adds that extra element that I think was missing from this team a little bit last year. I mean, once, I mean, once Vegas punched us in the mouth, we, we didn't really have an answer for it. Yeah, it, it was it was a mixture of a lot of things against Vegas. It, the the season was too easy. The playoff series against the Blues was too easy. We never got punched in the mouth, and we never really needed to stand up for ourselves or defend ourselves. Nope. And when we did, it was the top. You know, you get McKinnon throwing the helmet at Connor Garland. You know that was funny, but we didn't really have an answer for it in the playoffs when like there wasn't time to just be funny because you're beating the coyotes seven, nothing. And you, you throw a helmet at someone. Yeah. Like this, this team has more of an edge to them, a bit more of a swagger to them. And they have that grit. Like yeah, they have they that Sam Pittman like they have that grit and they're never out of a game and they'll always fight until the end. Like, that's what I love about this team. They, like there's been some games where they've been lackadaisical, but it's against the Coyotes and against the Sabres. Like the, even when they're down to these good teams, they just never quit. I mean, you can count almost that Nashville one where they came back and tied it and sent it to overtime. Like that was a great comeback. Like yeah, I mean they did they, not they play well. Yeah. So they not. have that grit this year. I, I think it's a different team. It's just going to be. Um, it's just going to be. Can you get that big goal? And can you get the goaltending to outplay a Robin Leonard or? A Chris, I, is it Ottinger? Yeah, Ottinger. I don't yeah, know. Jake, Otten, Jake, Jake Ottinger. Ottinger. I want to call him Chris Ottinger for some reason. Um, or Holtby. Like, I, I do like that matchup, but we'll have to see, man. It's going to be it's going to be a fun team. I'm excited for the second half of the season. Um, I know we were talking a little bit off air. Like, does this team have a little bit of a letdown? Like, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, that's exactly what I was going to bring up next. And we look at the streak that we just had and one that is currently still ongoing because we haven't lost in regulation since December, like before we went into that two-week COVID break. It's inevitable that a drop-off is going to come because there's only so far up you can go. 
the only way to go up is if you win 20 games in a row. There's going to be a drop-off, and there's going to be a losing streak here and there. We also have to consider we still have a lot of quality teams left to play this season. We played some not great teams last month. We, you mix in a couple good teams here and there. You throw in a Minnesota, a Toronto, a Boston. But for the most part, like we're, we're talking a lot of middle-of-the-pack teams and just some just outright bad teams like Arizona, Montreal, and Buffalo. You look ahead to this month alone, you have one game against Buffalo, and one game against Detroit. And I'd say those are your only like, yeah, you win those games every time. We had a lot of those last month. You look ahead to, to the rest of the year. We still haven't played the Islanders who are not great this year, but are always going to be a tough out. You haven't played the Hurricanes yet. You haven't played Calgary. You haven't played Pittsburgh. And you still have two games on the road against Minnesota. And so you still have a lot of quality games left to play. You still have to play the Oilers twice. There's going to be a point eventually where you lose two in a row or three of five. And I don't, the thing is, I don't think it's really going to be more than once though. No, I I don't think so. Like this team is going to have a letdown. Like the luck we've had in this run has been insane. Like they're, they're going to lose some games. It's just, I'm not really worried about it. If it happens, I'd rather have it happen in the regular season than in the playoffs. It depends how they lose. Like if they, if they play Carolina and they just get fucking killed, then I'd be a little concerned about that. If they lose a three, two game on the road in Carolina, that's not really anything to be concerned about. You lose games sometimes. So like, I don't even know if I'd be concerned if they lost three, like if they got their ass, I mean, they got their ass kicked by Toronto. Yeah. Like it didn't really affect us. I, I mean, it's going to happen. Right. Like, it's going to happen. I'm, and I'm not saying those losses are never going to happen, but I don't know. Like I, I can't preemptively get upset about losses before they happen, especially when we don't know what happened yet or why they happened. If we have injuries or if we got outplayed or Kemper didn't play well, like we'll see. But all I know is you're, probably not going to go a month and a half without a regulation loss. Again. If you, I mean, if you do, I mean, feel free, but pretty unlikely. Yeah. And we've talked about it. Like some people are asking if the Avs peaked or I don't even think the Avs have peaked yet. No, like, I, I agree. They haven't peaked. They haven't exactly played that great over the last month. No, they got like, away with a lot. They got away with a lot. Like they're still very far and away from their peak avalanche that they can beat. i think the closest we've been to our peak is that stretch where we were scoring like seven goals a game and even then like the goaltending what like we were winning games like seven four seven five against the flyers like our offense was certainly peaking and now that that's tapered off a bit our defense and goaltending has gotten a lot better imagine you get those both at once yeah like the abs have not played their best hockey and that's the thing man like I, I really do think that they are going to, they're going to have a losing streak and I guarantee you Griffin and I will freak out about it in the moment, yeah. but I want us to come back and listen to this because it's going to happen. I mean, it's not going to be as bad as the flyers losing 13 games in a row, no. twice, but it is going to be a streak where you lose like three or four, like you lose four or five, like it's going to happen. Like teams, we talked about earlier in the year teams, when they play the abs, that is the Stanley cup for some of them because right they know how good the avalanche are. So um, it's going to happen. And I want myself to come back and listen to this when it, it does inevitably happen and just remind myself to calm down because we've gone a month and a half without losing in regulation. And that's fucking bonkers. 
Yeah, and 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 the regulation loss was though there's no Makar, no Kemper. Also, uh, you're missing half of your lineup as well, and you just found this out 30 minutes before game time. Yeah, that that was the last regulation loss. The last loss before that was six to five in Ottawa. That's crazy. We're, like we're talking so long ago. <laughs> yeah, we're talking the eight three Toronto loss and the three one Dallas loss were our last like oh we actually just straight up lost that game. Yeah. Like we're talking like that, that Toronto game was over two months ago. That's crazy to think about, but that's the thing, man. It, it's going to happen. We Go just got to. It's, suck it's it up. inevitable. It's an eighty-two game season. We just talked about how this team wasn't even great in January. They're very, very good, but they weren't playing at their peak, and they still won all of those games. That's a sign of a very good team when you haven't even hit your peak yet, and people are talking about like you've hit your peak because you just keep fucking winning. I mean, you can think about too. McKinnon necessarily, he still hasn't scoring goals. He still isn't scoring goals. He's scoring, but he's going to start scoring goals here soon, which is yeah. crazy. Like his, his shooting percentage has gone up and he's scoring more often, but it's still not up to the standard of previous seasons, not even close. No, and he'll get there. Um, but that's the thing, man. I'm excited for this team. I'm preparing myself inevitably for the losses because it's going to happen. There's no way. You win every fucking game. Like you're going to lose game in the playoffs too. Like I got to remind myself when we lose in the playoffs too, it's not the end of the world. It's a four game series right now. I don't know if a team can beat the abs four times. I don't right. You'd have to talk me into it. I don't know if there's a team that can beat this team four times. So you are going to lose games in the playoffs inevitably. Um, as much, how cool would it be if we did go 16 and 0? Like that'd be fucking crazy. I mean, I mean, that'd be, that'd be the perfect world. You win every series in a sweep. And you go down the history books as the greatest team of all time. I mean, yeah, cool. I love that. But not gonna happen. Not never gonna happen. going to happen. Never, but, ever, ever going to happen. No. But, I mean, it's going to happen. We're going to lose games. Um, I agree with you, though. It's just like if we lose – like I can handle a loss if it's like, okay, you lost 3-2 to two at Carolina, but you were never out of the game. Right. You, sh- you were in the game. You had the effort, and you were trying. Like if, if you're not – like if you play Vegas – next week and you're just disinterested and you lose five to two on the road, I'd have a problem with that. But like, even just on the, if you lose to Vegas four to three, but it's a good game, it's close. You're never out of it. And you you show growth. I can work with that. Just give me, just give me something to work with. That's all. That's it. Give us something to work with and we'll be good. But I would never say that the abs have peaked too early. So I just want to, I want that on record. The abs have not even peaked yet. So yeah. the team's just really good and they win a lot of games, even when they're not playing great because yeah. they're a fucking great team. It's yeah. that simple. It's that simple. So it's going to be a fun stretch. I, I guess we can, uh, let's dive into uh, what, what are your predictions for this Tampa game? Hey everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsors at DraftKings Sportsbook. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if the team of your choosing brings home the Lombardi Trophy in Super Bowl 56. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. 
And if Sportsbook is not yet available in your states yet, don't worry. DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56 are still going live across the country, and they've got it for all sports, especially for us in hockey. Trust me, DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests are a ton of fun, and you can play them for as little as a dime or for as much as you want. At the end of the day, it's completely up to you. And best of all, new customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Must be 21 or older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPENNY or text HOPENNY467369. Now, back to the episode. I I think it's going to be a great game. You're going up against a healthy Tampa Bay team. They have not played, same as us, unless I'm mistaken. They have not played, so we're all going to be rested. I don't. I've four three abs is what comes to my head. I'm going to do something that I hate doing and I never do. I I, I think we'll, if McKinnon was playing, I'd feel way better. I think we maybe lose this game. I just don't know if we can pull it off against a healthy Lightning team without I McKinnon. Think, I think that's fair. Honestly, I um, think this is a game we lose. I don't like to ever predict the abs to lose, but if I, they did lose this if we, game, if we do, I think it's going to be in a shootout because fair is yeah. fair. We want to shoot out there. They win one here. Fair. I mean, I, I think it's gonna be a really close game. I, the luck's got to run out eventually. If you just listen to that whole ramble. Well, we did, did. Yeah. I mean, it did, but we still get a point out of it. Um, I, I just don't know. If it can continue, if they win, I wouldn't be shocked. But this is like the first game all year where I've kind of sat there and been like, I can realistically see the abs losing this game. And I agree with that. It's just my only thing is like, we don't know what version we're getting of either side right now because they haven't played in a week and a half. If like, if if we were playing Tampa and we had just, if we had just played Arizona and played that game and we're coming into this one, I'd be like, yeah, I just don't see it. Oh, I'd take the abs in a route because they'd be pissed off. Yeah. Not in a route, but I think they win that game. Yeah. But now that we've had nine days off and so is Tampa, I mean, it really, it throws a wrench in all momentum. Everyone's got to refine their game legs again because hockey players are creatures of habit. You throw a break in there, like a week long is like a month for them. And they got, everyone's got to find their legs again, refine those systems. I, I think this game's a coin flip, honestly, and not, not because these teams are, my mind just totally blanked on what I was going to say. Yeah. I'm a, I'm no, 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 no. I'm a professional, I promise. Yeah. But. It is a coin flip, and I think that's the best way to describe it. Like, usually I can talk myself into the abs winning most games, but this game truly is a coin flip. Like, yeah. I we, do, I we don't, we don't know winning. what version of each team we're going to get. I think the abs are going to win it because the Avalanche are the best team in the NHL, even without Nathan McKinnon. And Tampa Bay is still a very good team, and it's going to be an intense... 60-minute game that I think we narrowly hold on to. 
But I can easily see a world where we lose because we don't have our legs yet. Tampa Bay is more prepared than we are. Yeah, I can easily see it happening, and I don't see myself being too upset about it. Yeah, I don't see myself being too upset about it. It's one of those games where it, it truly is I could see either result. Right? It's not going to be a blowout either way. I can guarantee no. you that. It's going to be a one-goal game. You get a point out of this game, I am more than happy. Agreed. Completely, completely, completely agree. Um, if we remember last time that we matched up with the Lightning, it was the top line was really the only good line in that game that I remember. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that was a game that we just fucking gutted out early yeah. in that season where we were just not that good. Yeah. We were really struck. I mean, that really could have been a turning point of the season if we lost that game. Like, yeah. then, then we're then we're talking about four losses in a row. And then it would have been five after Vegas like that. That could have spiraled into something worse. Winning that game, I think, is more important than we think. Yeah, I agree. And Darcy Kemper was fantastic, if I remember right. So. I think you probably start Darcy in this game, right? Like Darcy probably gets a start. In Darcy, Darcy's your starter. And yeah. like, unless Fra- Frankie's been playing better, but Frankie hasn't won the job yet. So you, you yeah. start Kemper in this one, you see how he does. And I don't know. Cause now I'm thinking for the Dallas game. Yeah. You, you play like, Frankie again. Or well, do you, or do you play, or no, not Frankie. You play Darcy again. Okay. Yeah, I mixed them up there for a second. But now I'm thinking you play Darcy for this one. Then you play Frankie for Dallas. So you have Kemper fully rested against yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it's, you probably go Darcy in this one. And or then do you probably, go, or do you alternate and go Frankie, Darcy, Frankie, Frankie. Darcy? Yeah, that's possible too. Um, I think if Frankie had gotten in on time on his flight, nothing he could do about that with flights. That's true. I didn't think about that. He missed yeah. practice. So it's going to be Darcy. I think it's Darcy, and then it may be Darcy again on Sunday. And then Frankie gets the game, Dallas at home, and then Darcy obviously gets to start in Vegas. Yeah, I, I think it's going to depend how Darcy does against Tampa Bay. If he's 900-ish, I think Frank – like if he's a 950, he gets the next game against Dallas. If he's 900-ish – then I think Frankie gets the next game. It depends. Yeah, I agree. Because he wasn't bad against Arizona. He was really good against Arizona. Yeah, he was, it, was, it was not his fault. He hasn't been bad in a while. No, he's he, has not had a, he has not had a bad game, I'd say, in a, a minute. I mean, some of yeah. every once in a while, even in a win, he lets in a goal that you're like, maybe you want to save, but it hasn't cost us. And it hasn't really cost his stats either. So I, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I'm expecting Darcy to start tomorrow. I think you give Darcy the start. He is your starter. So yeah. you, you, you traded a first for him. These are the games you play a guy like that in. You yeah. traded the assets for him and you, you don't have enough evidence that Frankie can take over yet. And maybe you get that later, but we're not there yet. Not there yet. And Darcy's been like, our goaltenders have been rock solid lately. So it's yeah, a good problem to have. It's like, exactly what we said it was going to be a month ago when everyone's yeah. like, oh, they need to trade for Flurry, They need to trade for Varlamov and they need to trade both their goalies. It's exactly what we said it was going to be. Now that we have stable goaltending, it's not a problem. Not a problem. And it's a good problem to have. I, I'm glad that we're having like, oh, do, which goaltender do you start? Both are playing well. Right. Like, shit, we could be the Oilers right now. So yeah, we, we could be the Oilers who didn't trade for Darcy Kemper and now have nothing. Yeah. So I, I don't think Darcy Kemper would be good in this Oilers team. I think he kind of got lucky going, yeah. going here. He'd be better than Mike Smith big. and Nico Koskinen, but yeah. it's he's gonna get Ed, Edmonton's, a, Edmonton's a career killer. Yeah. He's going to get paid this off season, just because the apps are going to balloon his stats a little bit. That's, so, that's an interesting conversation to have on like what we're going to do 
with these goalies in the offseason. Because I think I Frankie's I coming think back for sure. Frankie's coming back. I think Darcy comes back. I don't I think it. he's going to demand that much of a pay raise. Because no, and- look at him right now. Arizona retained half on him, and he's at three and a half right now. And he's he's really four and a half. D, I don't see him getting Grubauer money, really. I don't, no, I don't really I, see him even demanding that. Like, I think five is fair. The thing like, you're yeah. missing, too. The thing you're missing, too, is the, the league's kind of gotten the playbook on it now. Like, Grubauer's stats were clearly inflated because of the ads. Clearly inflated because of the ads. And he has been – he's been better recently. But, but he still hasn't been – Yeah, he hasn't been Philip Grubauer from last year, Vezina Trophy finalist. So maybe a team won't – command that much money for Darcy Kemper because he is probably going to end up with like what 35 wins he's gonna he's gonna have a lot of wins so could a team overpay for him I mean I wouldn't I mean, be they, shocked. they should wait why not they should they could is it a good idea yeah I don't probably know not. I mean if, if a team is going to overpay for Darcy Kemper you well, let him you don't match it it's this like if they're going to throw five six years at him at five and a half you let him go yeah, like I, I think I think if you're talking five million over three years, I, I think I'd do it. It's worth having stability in goal, and a, that's a five times three contract is not debilitating. Nope. My and thing with my is. thing with Grubauer all last season was if he stays for six million three years, I'd be fine with that. It's that extra three that I'm like, you, you can't predict goaltending, and it, and his contract's a disaster year one, and they've got five seasons after this to work with with it. That's always been my thing with goaltending is Martin Jones takes the Sharks to the Stanley Cup final. They lose in the first round the next year. He's still great. Signs an extension is great in that gap year before it starts. The second it kicks in worst goalie in the NHL. You can't predict any of it. Can't predict. I think three years is a good deal. Um, And like we've talked about too, the goaltending free agency is pretty, it's better than it was last year this year. It's better than it was last year. You you got your Holtby's out there. There's going to be no Tuka Rask because he retired today, but there are going to be options out there, but you're, you're playing the lottery every single time. And at a certain point, until Eustace Annan is ready to take over a starting role, which we are several years away from, you need some sort of stability in that. You can't be doing this every single year because it's not going to work every single time. We got lucky with Darcy Kemper. We did. I mean, we, we were the last team to get a seat in musical chairs. He was the final option after Grubauer was gone. Because after Darcy was gone, no other goalies went anywhere. Nope. None. I mean, I thought we may have been in on Allmark. Uh, but well, he was already Allmark, signed. Yeah. like uh, That's why I thought. Because the rumor, the writing was kind of on the wall with Grubauer that he was probably going to leave, especially when Landy signed. I don't, like, I don't know. It's, it seemed like it would really it seemed like Sackett was really prepared to, to grind out that contract, even though it went to, to open market and Seattle, at least from what I remember came out of nowhere and gave yeah. Grubauer the contract he wanted because at the time, like Grubauer was one of the later goalies off the board as well is that a lot of the teams needing goalies had kind of already signed them. Carolina got Freddie and anti Ranta. Uh, I don't remember all the other teams, but all the other teams that were, rumored to be in the goalie market had signed their guys and Seattle had Vanacek and Drieger that people thought was a pretty decent duo. They, they came out of nowhere and, and signed him. And we, our options really were Kemper or Frankie and Jojo. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to see how it worked out. I, I would have been interested like 
just the way he's played this year, if the abs would have gotten like a Freddie Anderson, I would have been sick. Freddie Anderson needed to get out of Toronto. I think, I think that much is clear. I don't know if like Carolina has an excellent structure. I think Freddie would be very, very good in Colorado still, but we were, we were way too late to the party. Yeah. Okay. Well, cause they probably thought they had Ruby. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's worked out for the abs. I wouldn't say it's worked out for, I mean, Gruby got paid. So Gruby got his money. I think he's, I think he's fine. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I, I think it is Kemper who gets a start tomorrow, circle back to the lightning game and wrap up there. But I, I just don't know if the abs have enough to beat the lightning. Um, and that's not a bad thing. I, I think if we were to match up in the playoffs, it'd be a different story, but um I just don't know for this game, particularly if they're going to have enough. Yeah. Like not having McKinnon is a big X factor. I mean, yeah. we're, we're not talking about playing the Sabres or the Coyotes this time. We're, we're talking about, I'd say one of the other five teams that I would consider legitimate Stanley cup contenders and Le- legitimate Stanley cup contender that could lose in the first round <laughs> that could, could lose in the first round because they might be playing like one of the other five in the first yeah. round because the playoffs are fucking broken. But regardless, I mean, one like one of those three in the Atlantic, I would consider Stanley Cup contenders for sure. And like Carolina and Vegas. Yeah, without a doubt. I'm excited for the game. I'll be in attendance. It's going to be a blast. I miss going to Avs games. There's no snow on the radar, so I'm not going to use it as an excuse not to go to the game. It should be a good game. It's, a, it's always these games after breaks that just tend to be the most fun. Because like when you get to game 40 and it's like the the fifth game in the last seven days it can start to feel like a little bit of a drag when you've had a, a week off from it, it it starts to get some of that magic back again like i'm i'm revitalized and i'm ready because i like i took yeah. a mental break from it for a couple oh, yeah. days i, I avoided big- all my podcasts and i didn't watch any highlights like like this is like withdrawal for me like i needed to just step back for a second because i was I was, I was a little overwhelmed for a second there. It got crazy, man. It was a lot of hockey in January. And there, like you said, there were a lot of home games. I, I, I missed the last two and I still went to a majority of the games. Yeah. <laughs> like like I, I still went to a lot of avalanche hockey. I'm excited to be back and we'll rock and roll from there. But yeah, well, you, you also haven't considered that you have not witnessed a loss in three months. You were not at the Coyotes game. Yeah, I wasn't there. So we'll see. maybe I'm the good luck. I got to sign the Jersey for tomorrow. That's, that's where I'm stuck right now. I may end up those all-star jerseys grew on me. I didn't hate them. Like I hated them when they first came out. And then I saw them on the players. Like those are pretty sick. So I may get one if they have one, depending on if it's, if they have a Kale McCarr one, I may get one, but I mean, I've gotten the last three all-star jerseys. This was the one I, I didn't really like because it has the big NHL logo on it. Yeah. I would, I I'm I would never buy an all-star jersey, honestly. Oh, dude, that white one I have from St. Louis is sweet. Those are pretty nice. I like those. Those are sweet. I thought the ones that they did for San Jose with the black and white, those were sweet as well. Um, These ones I didn't like. think like, oh, I need to get this jersey. But if they have one there, I may dabble. I may dabble. I may dabble. We'll see. It never hurt. Never hurts. So, yeah, man, I don't have anything else on that game. What what, what do we want to wrap with? I mean, today has been a pretty crazy day in terms of just news kind of out of nowhere. Dom Ducharme fired in Montreal. Tuca Rask retires. Brad Marchand gets suspended for six games. Craig Berube gets a three-year extension in St. Louis. I mean, we can pretty quickly just run through it all. I think the one that kind of caught me off guard the most, even though it probably shouldn't have, was 
uh, Dom Ducharme just getting fired in Montreal. I mean, had to be inevitable. I kind of forgot he existed, honestly. I just kind of saw Montreal as just a, a headless corpse for the most part. I forgot Ducharme was even there. But, but here's, here's the thing, man. I don't get about that. You want, at this point, the number one pick. Like, you want that number. Like, he's obviously working in that aspect. I mean, but... he's, he's doing a pretty good job right now of trying yeah. to get you Shane Wright. So, I get. I mean, I, it's got to be pride at this point. I mean, he, he got really lucky in the playoffs last year. That man is – he was not a good coach. No. It, it, like, in the Toronto series alone, he wasn't playing Cole Caulfield. He was given Kakaniemi, like, fourth-line minutes. And they, they won in against Toronto in spite of that and got to the Stanley Cup final in spite of all that. Like, surprisingly, when he put Cole Caulfield in, he was good. And then – has been good this year. Yeah, he hasn't been good this year, but no, neither has anybody in Montreal. But the the interesting part about all that, it's not too surprising that Descharm got let go. This is literally the worst team we've ever seen. Like in, in my lifetime, this is the worst team that has been iced in terms of points percentage. They're worse than the Avalanche in 1617. They're worse than the 1920 Red Wings. Also, can I can I say something about everyone comparing every bad team to the 1617 Avalanche? You're not us. You have never been us. That Avs team had Landeskog, had McKinnon, had the rookie year from Miko Rantanen, got Kale McCarr in the draft. You're not us. We had all of our core pieces in place and put the final one into place with the draft. The Habs have Nick Suzuki. That's going to take a long time for this team to even humor the idea of being as good as we are right now. You could, it, it was hard to see at the time, but the pieces were there for the avalanche to be what they are now. Everything went wrong that year. Everything. Every single thing that could have gone wrong went wrong. So I agree. I, I think Montreal's a long way away. I like Nick Suzuki. He's great. Um, he's good. I like Josh Anderson, but he's. I not, don't like that contract. Yeah, I don't like that contract. Um, they're a long ways away. Shane Wright will go a long way to help that team. If they um, get him. If they get him, I mean, if we're like conspiracy theorists here, if Montreal has a chance at the number one pick in the drafts in Montreal, I would put a lot of money on the fact that they win the draft lottery. Well, is the draft even going to be in Montreal? This That's year? true. After Gary Bettman threatened to take their toys away a couple of days ago at the All-Star game. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, maybe, maybe, point, maybe Griffin, they'll if you think about that. Maybe they'll rig it so they don't get you. What if Montreal wins the draft lottery and Gary Bettman says redraw? Yeah, that'd be funny. That'd be very funny. I would love to see that. That'd be great comedy for me. But I would put money that they win it. I mean, the Sabres, if they win it again back-to-back years, the Sabres could be good in a little bit. The, like Sabres, the, Sabres. the Sabres are building in the right direction. They're not the worst team in the NHL. Owen Power's not on the team and is winning with – it's Michigan, right? He's with yeah. Michigan right now, winning with them. And – they have arguably the best prospect pool in the league. The Sabres are just fine. Yeah, they're they're not the laughing stock of the league this year for once. Yeah. And Arizona, even though like they're in full on tank mode. So that's you let them keep tanking. Yeah. They're, they tank, they're, tank, tank. they're going to, to ASU next year, which will be a, a fun little experiment for a few years. They're going to suck the whole time they're there. By the time they hopefully have that arena in Tempe, they might be something at that point. Might be something. So like, yeah, they're, they're, they're in a lot better place. Both those teams are than the Canadians. Yeah. And just circling back to my whole thing, 
None of you are the abs. Stop, stop comparing yourself to the 1617 avalanche. You're nowhere close. We had a historically terrible season with players like a, like a raw Nathan McKinnon that still had a lot to learn, went to sports psychology after that season, turned his game up exponentially. Gabe Landeskog, who's turned into one of the best captains in the league, and a, a rookie Miko Rantanen, who still scored 20 goals that horrible season in his rookie year and has now turned into one of the best wingers in the NHL in this the draft, which we used to draft the current Norris favorite. Yeah, well, You're not the avalanche. No, you aren't. And it's, it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. No one's ever like us. No that, one that, that's just a, a pet peeve of mine. I've been seeing over the last couple of days from like Habs fans and even some Coyotes fans. Like, well, you look at the, the avalanche a couple of years ago, look at them now. Yeah. What about it? We were totally we were, different. We were, we built most, we drafted McKinnon, what, 2011? Yeah. And we suck. No, no, we drafted him 2013. Was it 13? Yeah, we drafted yeah. Landis Gog in 2011. That's what, yeah, that's what it was. Landis Gog in 2011 and McKinnon in 13. And we sucked in 2016, 17. Yeah. We had already had them for nearly half a decade at that point. Yeah. And honestly, it worked out because when McKinnon sucked that year, we signed we got the Kennedy. contract. Yeah, we got the contract. So it worked out well for us, man. Um, but yeah, I'm not surprised. The Canadians are a dumpster fire. They're really bad. And the fact that people thought they were going to be good is hilarious to me um, because, yeah, they're bad. Like truly, truly bad. Like bad, bad doesn't cover it. Like this is the worst team we have seen in the cap era. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think they were going to be good, but Jesus. Like yeah, this, this is a disaster. Yeah, they're really bad. Um, that shocked me, but I was honestly more shocked um, with Tuka Rask retiring. That news caught me by more surprise than than the Canadians. I saw wasn't I think there was a thing like last week that said that like he was pretty much done at that point after he suffered that injury, and we I think we were all just kind of waiting for the announcement at that point. Yeah. But I mean, you, you got to feel for the guy. He puts in all the work in rehab and trying to get himself ready for the season. He plays like three games. He's not that good in them and just gets hurt again. Like at, at that point, you, your body's telling you you're done. Yeah. And that, like, I like Tukarask. He's going to be one of the most underappreciated goalies for, because he didn't want to come up in Boston, but he's by far their best goaltender. Like Tim Thomas was good, but Tukarask was way better. But Tukarask had the the longevity. I mean, Tukarask, if you really look at his stats is just the model of consistency year after year after year. He, and he's going to go down. Like you said, as probably the most underappreciated goalie of this generation. He came within a game of winning a cup in 2019 and a, a minute away from a game seven in 2013 against the Blackhawks. And it's, it sucks that that's how we're going to judge a, a goalie and his whole career, especially when you look at all of his, his numbers. He's been good in the playoffs. He's been fantastic in the regular season. Just a model of consistency. Every team would kill to have a, a Tuka Rask on their team, a, a guaranteed at least worst-case scenario 9-10 goalie for 15 straight years. That's rock salt. That's all you want. That's all you want. I think he's better than Pecorine, personally. I'd say that I'd say that's up for debate at least yeah. it'd be a, that's be a fun debate but yeah like would you argue I saw a tweet I don't know if you saw it too um did uh is uh Tukarask better than Marc-Andre Fleury because I think you have to have a conversation about it at least I mean, Ra I mean Rask is so consistent 
Yeah, and Mark Andre Fleury, he does have three Stanley Cups, but he really won one. He, he has one. He has one. He was carried to the other two, figuratively and literally. Um, so I, I would argue you can make the case for, for Tuka Rask. You yeah, could. You, you can make the case. I mean, Fleury's highs are higher than Rask's are, but you look, you look at their trajectory. Fleury's a little more of a roller coaster, and Rask is just a straight line through and through, and it's. It's debatable whichever one you prefer. Yeah, I don't know. I saw that tweet and I was like, that's a good point. Because like someone put up the stats and I was like, okay, yeah, that is a lot closer than I thought it was. Because you think Marc-Andre Fleury, he's the media darling. Everyone loves Marc-Andre Fleury. And Tuka Rask. For some reason, Boston fucking hates Tuka Rask. I I never understood the vitriol Bruins fans had for him. Like this, you have one of the rarest luxuries in the NHL. You have a franchise goalie for a decade and a half and you hated him the entire time i I never ever understood why they hated rask so much if he didn't play in boston and didn't have that like public perception of not being able to win from his own fans i feel like he'd get a lot more appreciation oh yeah without a doubt i would have taken tuka rask on the abs oh my god i would kill to have tuka rask on the avalanche you get tuka rask from day one and you have him for his entire career, like the Bruins did, you that doesn't happen. It's no. so rare to have like you look at the Avalanche's goalie situation since 2010. How many goalies have come a revolving door through the system? It's been a revolving door, even just the last two seasons between Grubauer and Kemper. It pays to have consistency in goal. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. I I, I think he'll go down as one of the more underappreciated goalies in NHL history. Um but that one shocked me. The one that didn't shock me, Griffin, and I know you have some thoughts on this, Brad Marchand suspended for six games. Um, I'm going to let you have the floor with that because I know you have some feelings on it. I, it took this long to get Brad Marchand suspended. Like Brad Marchand, like I get a lot of people are amused by him and a lot of his antics. I just, I never found the guy funny. Like it's just a lot of his antics, like, okay, he licked someone. Like that's not funny. That's just fucking gross. And the, even the thing before he, punched Jari in the face, like knocking the, the stick that he was going to flip to the, the kids in the stands. Like, I, I just don't think that's very funny. Like, no. I, just, I don't think that's embracing the villain role. I just see a guy that's just generally kind of an asshole and then hauling off, punching him in the face. And then like the worst part about Marshan is when he does shit, he just evaporates to the back of the scrum as far away as he can be. He punches Jari and just backs away as fast as he can. And then when he's separated by the ref skating by Jari again, he puts his stick in the face. Like, it's one thing to be a rat. And like, Nazem Kadri, when he hit Justin Falk, he answered for it twice. He fought Braden Shen the first time we played the Blues. And then he fought Justin Falk. Nazem Kadri answers the bell at least when he does stuff he doesn't do stuff like that but he answers the bell when he does and you look at your tom wilson's and your ryan reeves and whoever else you want to throw in that category at least the things that they do are done at game speed and when you try to get them to answer for it they do like brad marchand's a great player and every every team would love to have him but like at a certain point, like, I just don't find it funny. Like, I don't, it goes beyond like rat behavior for me. It's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, there's a lot of things wrong with him. I mean, it, it, I was shocked he got suspended for as many I'm, games. I'm shocked he got anything. I, like, yeah. I was like, wow, they finally did something to him. Yeah, 
I was shocked. I did not think he was going to get six games. I thought he was going to get three. Uh, I thought he might get one. Yeah, but he got six, and that's good news for the Avs because the Avs play the Bruins in Boston on the day of his sixth suspension. So, yeah. so we are the final game before Brad Marchand comes back. So ultimately good news for us in the end. Yeah, ultimately good news. I'll take it. Um, I don't know. Brad Marchand, I've always been kind of indifferent on him. I've never really hated him, never really loved him. I can see why people like him. Um because like if he was on the abs, I think we'd be a lot more defending him. But I well, of course he of course we will. He'd be on our team. But like I don't know. Like the this stuff like that, like something premeditated to me is always worse than something that happens at game speed. Like someone turns their back at the last second, you board them and it's a bad hit. Someone lower you like you, you catch someone in the head, the game's fast, it happens. Like Marshan just stared at him for like five seconds like oh i can get in right here and quickly punch him in the face and get out like the intent to me there is is far worse to me like i just i agree you shouldn't punch a goalie (laughs) yeah unless it's jordan bennington then it's okay well jordan bennington would probably throw the first punch at that point it's fair game yeah that's i'd love i'd love to see brad marchand and jordan bennington go at it that'd be a fun i'd pay to watch that'd be a good i would like lock those guys in a cage and see who leaves crying first yeah i'd love that that would be fun i would pay to watch that but, uh, yeah, I mean, that was not surprising coming from Brad Marchand. I, mean, I am defending the Pittsburgh Penguins right now. I mean, <laughs> that's how you know Griffin's not feeling it. Like, it's just like, it's just not funny. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, it's, it's so fun for you. It's, it's gotten beyond like rat shit and just like being a nuisance. Just like, stop. Like, come on. Just like, stop. Like, to, like, just tone it. Like, I get like you want to be a nuisance. You want to get under people's skin. Like, but isn't there a limit? at a certain point, like, just calm down, you know, like push people, whatever, like, that's fine. You know, poke someone with your stick a little bit. Like, Oh, I tied your Jersey up. Like stop punching people. Like let them give the kid the puck. Like just stop. It's not funny. No, it's not funny, but yeah, man, this is hopefully we were talking about this. This could be the last time we have to go without talking about avalanche playing a game. Yeah. I, I look, I look through the schedule and there's, God forbid, it doesn't seem like there's going to be any more instances where there are weeks at a time canceled. Because I, I said this in November that we wouldn't have this problem anymore. And it's happened three separate times since. But assuming everything goes normally for the rest of the season, this should be the last time we don't have a game to talk about. The closest we get is in April when we have a, like a 1030 game the day we record. You know what I'm thankful for? Could you imagine if NHL players went to the Olympics, how tough this would be? Yeah, like, I, I just, with all the shit surrounding the Olympics right now, I just, we were all upset about it, but it just wouldn't have worked. Yeah, it wouldn't have worked. So I'm kind of glad that the Olympics aren't happening. Uh, oh, they're happening, but the NHL. They're happening, aren't. but it, just, it would have been a disaster. Let's yeah. face it. If we forced the Olympics, it would have been a disaster and we'd all be criticizing everyone involved anyway. This, yeah. as much as this sucks, and I know we all want Olympic hockey, this is better. The, this would have been a disaster having those Olympics in, in Beijing. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm excited. I couldn't imagine going three weeks without after hockey. That would have been brutal. Yeah. But, uh, and it's not the su- part that sucks if it was in China. Like I stayed up for the US Canada game, but there's some games that happen at like two o'clock in the morning, my time. I'm not going to wake up for those, man. Yeah. Like, I'm not waking up for that. So I am kind of glad that I can save my sanity and not have to watch 
super late night hockey. Um, Cause even like now the eight o'clock games, I'm like, Oh man, this is brutal. <laughs> yeah. So but cool. Oh man. Sh- should we tease our guests we're potentially going to have tomorrow? Should yeah. We we... I just got the text from him confirming he's down for tomorrow. So we, All right. we, we, can, so, we can tease it. We are going to be having a bonus episode coming out tomorrow, probably, probably late tomorrow. If, if nothing else, it'll be out early Friday morning, but if you if you listen this long, you get a sneak peek that we are going to be bringing on a recurring guest. It's someone we've had on before, very very long time ago. Just say who it is. It's Peter Ball, the Athletic. We're bringing him back on. Christian did the due diligence and was able to schedule a good time with him. We're going to have Peter Ball on. We're going to have a good conversation about the abs. It's going to be it's going to be before the Tampa game, so we're going to probably break that up into little segments but yeah we're gonna have peter on probably this time tomorrow and we're gonna get it up as soon as we can have give you guys a little bonus episode yeah a little fun we've been trying to get peter on the show for a couple months now and we were finally able to uh 11 to be exact yeah i we've been trying so he's a busy busy guy and he does busy guy and he's carving out some time we appreciate it so much but uh it'll be a good time and i'm really excited for it and we'll uh, we'll see you all then. I don't have anything else, Griffin. You got anything, man? Nope, I got nothing else. I'm looking forward to talking with Peter tomorrow and delivering that to you guys. But as for today, that's going to do it for us on this edition of the Teledabs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Somehow we've carved another hour out of a nothing episode because that's we were 15 we do, minutes man. in, and I was like, I don't we know do. how we're going to put push this to 30, <laughs> and we've done it again somehow. We didn't push it to 30; we pushed it to an hour. Somehow we've done it again. I don't know how we keep doing it, but we've done it again. If you stuck around this long, thank you so much for tuning in as always. One more thing. One more thing. We're going to be doing, we won't get a chance to live stream on Sunday. Oh, that's true. We're going to be recording on Sunday. So we're going to be doing another live stream. We're going to be doing the Dallas Stars game at 12 o'clock Mountain Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Time. So uh, if you guys want to hang out with us as we take on Dallas, hopefully with McKinnon. You can come hang out with us then. We always do appreciate you guys coming in to hang out with us. It's a great way to support the show and support the channel. And it's just fun. The live streams are always a ton of fun. We love hanging out with you guys when you come and chat with us. So hope to see you guys then. But now officially, unless Christian, you have any other uh, things for me. We're all good. So now that's going to do it for this edition of the Teledabs. It is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you so very much for tuning in. As always, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at Tell It As It Is, where we're going to be having some more fun stuff coming for all of you here in just a minute as we get back into the hockey schedule and get back to the grind. But thank you so much once again for tuning in. And we will catch you all next time. Enjoy the rest of your week.